This is episode 97 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. I mean, you might as well just go sit in the front yard and watch grass grow. And Stephen Johnson. What is the secret sauce? What is the recipe here, Papa John? What is the pattern that has worked for you with uh, NASDAQ stocks? Today, Tim and Stephen sit down with returning guest, Papa John. Now, Papa John was last interviewed by the guys in May 2018. That was episode 41. In that last podcast, we talked a lot about the OTC multi-day breakouts. Like on that strategy, I'm up about $80,000 overall. Papa John has made some progress over the past year, and he's been really crushing it. Maybe because he keeps his trading rules written down so they're always in front of him. Well, almost always in front of him. Why are they behind you? (laughs) If they're your trading rules, they're supposed to be in front of you. Steven puts his trading rules behind him, just like his ex-girlfriend. He does whatever he can to avoid them. It's another great episode, right, Tim? In today's edition of the Steady Trade Podcast, we have a repeat guest, Papa John. Uh, you know, John is is really somebody you should listen to. I think this is a he's a guy that has taken you know the the best attitude. I think, well, one of the best attitudes is you know he's decided that he, he's a software engineer by trade, but he's decided that this is something that he really wants to master: day trading swing trading he he started out if you, if you watch the first episode with John he started out rough came all the way back to some big gains and now is kind of getting into that what i would call intermediary or mature level where he's branching out he's found a setup that works for him but these otc breakouts only come around time and time you know from time to time so now he's trying to expand his tool set looking at listing listed stocks and I think it really shows the maturity of what he's trying to do. You know, you know, he's traded these OTC setups that are very uh, news dependent, very climate dependent, for lack of a better term. The OTCs come and go. They're not always hot. But if you can wait around for that chart and price action with the catalyst, they can be rewarding. But, you know, John's trying to look at this as a, as a career, so he can't wait around and Part of branching out in the listed stocks is he's taken some losses. He's working on his discipline. One of the things I thought that was great during the podcast, you'll see he's got all of his rules on a whiteboard in his office, and he is really growing as a trader. He's just got to dial in those last bits of discipline, taking those losses and sticking to his plan. And we also go into... Something that I wanted to learn from, uh, I took away from this. We did a recent podcast with Jack Aroo, who trades a lot of these OTC breakouts. And the cool thing was, I had a few questions that I forgot to ask Jack that Papa John answered. So if you're looking to trade these OTC multi-day breakouts, we've got some definite jewels of information in this podcast. Hey there, Steady Trade listeners. Now, we all know that Tim Bowen is the lead trainer for Stocks to Trade. But how many of you listeners actually use stocks to trade? Have any of you never even tried it at all? Well, if so, today you're in luck because Stocks to Trade is now offering a 14-day trial for only $7. Now, this means that for the price of a pretty good hamburger, you can spend two weeks of your time getting familiar with the platform to see if it's really as good as people say it is. And people say it's pretty good. My name is Luis from Los Angeles, California. I'm a brand new trader. Been using Stocks to Trade now for just a little over a year. I highly recommend it to anyone. Uh, it's definitely a program created for traders by traders. 
very fluid, highly intuitive. Um, it's got amazing pre-market scanners, and the best part is that you can even create your own screeners. Uh, so for a newbie like me, it's nice having those training wheels and also the opportunity to kind of learn on my own and grow from there. So if you're not a stocks to trade user, I highly recommend that you become one. But here's the best part. If you sign up for this 14-day trial, you'll also get access to Stocks to Trade University, the learning hub, where you can watch 14 videos with Tim Bowen walking you through each feature of the platform. So if you haven't tried Stocks to Trade, take advantage of this 14-day promo while you still can. Go to the website, stockstotrade.com forward slash 14-day trial. That's stockstotrade.com forward slash 14-day trial. All run together one word. Go take advantage of this promotion today. The data provided during the trial period is provided by NASDAQ last sale and does not offer OTC, BB, or Level 2. This promotion is for new users only. So thanks a lot, Papa John, for coming back on the podcast. You know, this one was set up by Stephen. You know, Stephen, and I know you you two have kind of been in touch. So, Stephen, why don't you kind of give a little bit of an intro and what, what you and John have been talking about, and we'll uh, let's break this down. So, Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. Uh, Papa John and I have, have gone back as traders for, for more than a year, I would, I would suspect or expect now. We have similarities and differences as, uh, as, as traders. I mean, one, one of the similarities is that we, we struggle to cut losses. Yep. Um, another similarity is the fact that, uh, we, we've been persistent in the long game, uh, to try and get that reward. Uh, the difference is, I think, um, Papa John is more diligent in the fact that with a background as a, as a software en- engineer, He's a little bit more precise, uh, and I've I've been seeing him talk about some spreadsheets, some numerical data, and uh, that was the main point of what I was I was excited to ask him about. So, so John, you know, I think I think, and it doesn't really matter. Nine months or a year, or roughly, you were back. You were on the podcast the first time. It was a great podcast. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, you mind kind of giving us an update? You know, you know, just kind of the the five minute update of kind of where, what you've been doing, the ups, the downs since from the last time we talked to you. Sure. Yeah. And I, th- I think it was just about a year ago. Okay. And that was when I was about a year into trading. Um, and so since then um, I've been trying to expand my playbook of uh, plays. Um, in that last podcast, we talked a lot about the OTC multi-day breakouts and that had been my main strategy. Um, and on, like on that strategy, I'm up about eighty thousand dollars overall. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's been good. But the whole like OTCs are really um like cyclical, and we'll get hot for a few weeks or a month, and then um they could die down for like two months, three months. Um, so I've always I've been trying to play listed stocks, you know, since I've started, and um, it's only been about the past like six months or so I finally found a strategy that uh that I'm doing pretty well on. And I finally, so I had been, I'd been down like $30,000 on listed stocks. Um, and in the past six months, I've made about 10,000 um, with the strategy that I'm playing with them now. Uh, this is a real quick, what one point I want to make out to the listener is notice what, what John is saying there. I mean, he has that data. You know, we, we, we talk all the time about finding what works for you. 
And notice how he knows, and, and if you're not familiar with OTCs and listed stocks, we've done previous podcasts on it, but, but he knows what, you know, where he is at on these two exchanges. And I don't discount the value in that as, as a growing trader. It's a maybe, I mean, maybe something you just keep trying is the worst thing for you. But I mean, yeah, uh, and, and, oh, go ahead. Sorry, John. I, I just want to, no pun intended, but when it comes to this single pattern, what, what is the secret sauce? What is the recipe here, Papa John? Um, what is the pattern that has worked for you with uh, NASDAQ stocks? Is it NASDAQ, I presume? Yeah, it's, it's mainly NASDAQ. Um, it's the patterns there on all, all the exchanges, listed exchanges, but it's, uh, it's a pattern I learned from Roland Wolf's DVD. It's playing recent reverse splits. Wow. And so it's, it's playing. Yeah. So it's stocks that did a recent reverse split and their float got like really low, ideally yeah. like maybe 2 million shares or so. Um, yeah. and then just waiting for a news catalyst. And then if a news wow. catalyst comes That's out, then I'm watching the price action and just playing the chart at that point. So, so back to that update, you, you know, you said you're down, if I, if I remember right, 30,000, but is that, is that coming back then or kind of, kind of where yeah. are you at? Yeah. So on listed stocks, I was down uh, about 30,000 overall and I'm down about 20,000 now. So overall on my just total with all of my trades, I'm up about 35,000 now. Um, but you were making a good point about like, you know, I know, I know what my stats are per um, exchange. I know what they are per setup. Um, I have spreadsheets and I wrote software that can, I import my spreadsheet data into it and then I can just really break down all of my trades by each specific pattern and long and short. Um, and so if you look at like my overall, uh, PNL, it's like really, uh, it's like a roller coaster, you know, it's big upswings and then big downswings. And it was pretty much my big upswings were when, um, OTCs were running well. And then when they kind of quiet down and then I've, you know, been trying out just whatever other patterns with listed stocks, and then I would be giving back some money. Um, and that's something, you know, I could have just stuck with the OTCs and just been patient and just not traded or taken like very few trades, but I've just been like really determined to, um, you know, get listed stocks down. Cause I think, especially if you're doing this full time, like you have to be able to play listed stocks. Right. That, but, uh, and that's, you know, that's what, you know, I actually just did a podcast last week with, with Jackaroo, um, which will be, you know, probably by the time this podcast comes out, it'll probably be out, but you know, he, he loves the OTCs. And, you know, as I was talking to him and, you know, I was kind of like, eh, you know, I'm, I, I kind of steer clear of them simply because, you know, I've been through those lulls where like nothing happened for like yeah. six months. And then I just, I'm like, well, I'm like, there's always some, you know, there's always at least two or three NASDAQ stocks moving every day, you know, usually more. So that's why I've kind of gone away from it, but he seems to, you know, he seems to be able to find these, you know, every day, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious how long that will continue, hopefully forever, because I was so inspired by that podcast with him. I'm determined to start looking at, you know, your old school plays and his plays, you know? Yeah. Um, John, John, I've got two particularly poignant questions for you that I think we'll, we'll go a little deep. One, uh, you have, you have an OT strategy down. It works when it's hot. You now have a NASDAQ strategy down, which works with reverse splits. 
you have the data down. You've got the Excels. You've even got it automated. So how how are you losing money into the thousands? I'm more curious to say, like, are you investing? Why aren't you just investing very small amounts of money to test these alternate strategies? Or are you investing small amounts of money and losing on a mass scale? Or is there a gambler inside of you that says, stuff it. I just want to get it right this time and I'm going to put the money down. Like oh. that's, that's the first question. So it's kind of a combination of all of that. Um, I've tried just using really small amounts and it's, that's really difficult for me. Um, <laughs> and it is also part of why I didn't want to just grow my account like really big before, you know, stepping out into other strategies because I do, you know, if I make, if I'm used to making like a thousand or $2,000 um, on a good trade, it's hard for me to take a trade seriously where it could be a good trade, but I'm only going to make like $50 for me. It's almost like paper trading and that like paper trading just never worked for me because just like without having that skin in the game, like I just couldn't take it seriously. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it as I would with real money on the line. So, um, so just, to, just to reiterate, even though you know that you don't have the data on your side, you'll still gamble, not gamble, but you'll still put the cash on because it makes you feel, because it's you're not going to feel anything otherwise. Yeah. And I'm not like, I'll usually, I'll risk maybe like $200. Um, and then, so with, with a lot of these setups, as I was trying different setups, I didn't really know how to tell when the trade plan like failed. And so I would end up taking a lot bigger losses because I have trouble cutting losses and so if I don't have a clear idea that like this trade is definitely over, um, like too often I can just give it more time and then, you know, just watch those losses grow. That's cool. And, 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 and that's fair enough. And I think that the ultimate answer is um, once you go to a certain level of cash, it's hard to scale back down. And yeah. sometimes it doesn't matter if you know if you've got the odds in your favor or not. You're like, look, I'm just, it's just not interesting, right? <laughs> It's almost not interesting, which is a, it's a, it's a funny, it's a funny thing to come over this. And I don't know if there's an answer to that. Maybe Tim Bone can, can jump in. But the second thing, which I think a lot of people will want to ask you is how are you having success with OTC multi-month breakouts, multi-week breakouts, but you're not having success with listed stocks, multi-month breakouts. What are the differences? Where are the struggles? Well, so the main difference I notice is that with OTCs, I can just play uh, pure technicals. Um, I don't need to know anything about the company or any of the fundamentals. And what I've found so far with listed stocks is that in general, that's not the case. You, I know I've, I've met some people who can play listed stocks just off the technicals, but they also um, tend to be in trades for shorter periods of time. Um, I do, I've, I've always had success swing trading and at least like holding it overnight. And with listed stocks, it's just really hard to, uh, to get like a multi-day run without like something else, some other news catalyst behind, um, behind the move. Okay. So, so, so you're basically saying that with OTC companies, I, I'm, I'm making an assumption, maybe I'm wrong, but OTC companies are trash. Yeah. People trade them based on technicals. <laughs> Pretty much only technicals because there's nothing else to go off. Well, yeah, because they're, I mean, they're, 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 I mean, obviously, if, if you spend time doing fundamental research on OTC stocks, I mean, you might as well, <laughs> I mean, you might as well just go sit in the front yard and watch get grass grow because you're, you're <laughs> accomplishing about the same amount. So, 
No, no, but, but, but I mean, it's such an important point that we're coming across. With OTCs, there's no point researching the technicals because they're almost, sorry, there's no point researching the fundamentals because there is none. Therefore, everyone bases their research and approach on technicals. Therefore, the technicals become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Exactly. Yep. That in itself is a very, very interesting point as to why OTC multi-month breakouts work. But on NASDAQs, they don't. The second question is, have you thought about looking at Michael Goods DVD, learning the SEC filings, taking a fundamental approach to get your head around it? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, and I've watched most of that. Um, I still haven't finished it. I've been trying to watch Tough. that for like a Tough. year and a half. Yeah, but I have been <laughs> digging into keep, keep in mind, to the listener, we have done two podcasts with Michael Good. <laughs> I think they were fun and entertaining. They weren't as in-depth as the DVD, but uh, definitely check those out in the archive. So. Yeah, and the so I do I do look at filings and especially for my listed long strategy, um, I need to at least be able to see if there's um any possible dilution um or warrants or you know possible offerings, um, or to see if the company is just in desperate need of cash and to you know, so I can have an idea that they might do an offering um on a big spike. And it's actually it's it has helped me with OTCs too. Sometimes I will uh look into filings for OTCs and you can find some dilution in there also. And you can like mainly you can find warrants and um, sometimes I'll just stay away from those ones. So I, so I got to ask, I'm a, I'm a big fan of to-do lists, Kanban boards, whiteboards. What, what, what's behind you? I can't, I can't see it, but it says <laughs> well, OTC something, but uh, what, what is this? Is, is this the uh, scrolls? Is this, is this the secret of life behind you? It's pretty much like all like my main rules that I need to the OTC. Why are they behind you? <laughs> yeah, if, if they're your training oh. rules, they're supposed to be in front of you. Steven puts yeah. his training rules behind <laughs> him. Just, just like his ex-girlfriends. He does, he does whatever he can to avoid them. My, my no, training no. rules are at the bottom of me pain glass. <laughs> I look at them every time I finish a drink. <laughs> Yeah, it would be good if they were somewhere where I could see them easier. But 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 I I I, I wanted to make the joke. But but like just a summary. What, is it your trade rules or is it the uh, setup or what do you got? Yeah, so it's mainly it's uh, all my rules for uh, my main setups. It has like you know all of my main setups on there, um, and then I'll usually do either like a weekly or a monthly um, kind of a goal, uh, like something I did just coming into April was um, I had been letting trades run for too long and just holding on a bit too long. And so I decided to uh, just always take off profit if I got up two to one uh, reward to risk. And so that was on my board there. And I just wanted to try that out. I for think a that's great on listed stocks, by the way. I think that's, I think that's one of the reason people get in trouble with the NASDAQs is, you know, they make the quick moves, they're in the green and they start getting greedy. They start getting greedy. And then all yeah. of a sudden it reverses and they're like, Oh shit, I just turned this winner into a break even or a loser. So I think that's yeah. a very valid point. And I, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, I hate to say cruise control, but with these setups like you've been talking about and Jack Roo's been talking about, I mean, you can kind of just let them go and, you know, for days. But, but I mean, you get news on a NASDAQ stock and it's going to move fast. So I think that's a very important thing. Stick to your plan. And when I say stick to your plan, everybody thinks I mean the stop loss, but I mean your goal too. I mean, yeah. if you're up, you know, if you're up last week, you know, three, four bucks on Tiger, you know, you don't wait around 
Because then the next day, Tiger dropped six bucks a share. You know, so so have yeah. those realistic expectations. Yeah, and that's it. Was also that was a part of what um was contributing to some of my losses was when I would be up um in the green, uh you know, with a very profitable trade, and then it would go against me, and then I have a really hard time like cutting a break even if I was up you know two to one. Um, I want to get back up. Right. Some of that. And then I end up, that's when I end up taking a really big loss. Cause like, I just, it's like, I was up so much. I really wanted to have a winner on this one. And then it just makes it that much harder for me to cut it. Now, now before we move on past the whiteboard, man, I, I tell you something, and this is something I talk about all the time is, is, is write stuff down, man. I, I just, I think that with trading, I mean, you, you've got no boss in theory, Nobody's holding you accountable. I mean, maybe your wife, maybe your partner, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. But most of the time, you're in that room all alone as a day trader. And there's nobody to hold you accountable but yourself. And I think there is so much power in writing this stuff down versus being like, oh, I got my I got my rules memorized. I got these setups memorized. Um, there's a great video uh, Joe Rogan did like five years ago for Onnit. And it's a, it's a, one of those... There's a million motivational videos on YouTube, but he goes into, he's like, write shit down, make progress every day, read your goals. And in, you know, you, you almost can't help, but get better and improve when you review that stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like, and, and I've always written down all of my like trade rules and uh, any trade plans I have for setups. And I still do journals. Um, not as much as I was in the beginning, but especially like if I'm making big errors, um, you know, I'll try to just write it down and review that stuff and just keep it in, try to keep it in the forefront of my mind just so I'm aware of it. Yeah. No, and, and I, I just want to just, just interject and jump in and just say it, a lot of this conversation, it comes down so much to just two things, passion and self-discipline. Uh, it's, do you have enough passion and self-discipline I mean, to achieve what you want to two, achieve? That's the two biggest yeah. things in training. Yeah. It's more than, in, more than intelligence. It's cause it's, you don't have to be that yeah. clever. You don't have to be that clever to get it. I was doing it. a webinar the other day and I couldn't, I couldn't like, I was trying to remember what 300% of like a dollar was. And I couldn't, I, I was, I was stuttering and stammering in a webinar. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's just, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, but, but finish what you were saying, Stephen, because it's, it's passion and discipline. Yeah. No, it's, it's, um, and it, and it, and it can transcend into any other part of your life. And it's, it's ultimately like, I'm hungry. Shall I have a pizza or shall I have a salad? Um, or well, I am low carb meat, like keto, you know, salad. <laughs> that, you know. <laughs> that, that lettuce is doing nothing for you. You're probably going to drench it with, with, with hydrogenated oil. You know, it's bad news. Skip the salad, right. eat meat. There you go. That's Tim for the food blog. Um, <laughs> But, uh, it's like, um, I'm just come from work. I'm fat and, I'm fat and tired. Do I go from a, for a run or do I just order a burger king takeout? I mean, for me, it's, it's how badly do you want it and how much discipline can you instill in, in getting it? Because like Papa John, I have no doubt. And this, this goes on to a question. I have no doubt that you have the intelligence, the capability and the passion to, to, to go on and master this. I have no doubt. And I, and I think you're already there way, way beyond I am. But what I want to ask you is what 
what do you think separates you from the enigma of Roland Wolf, the guy who just gets it in three months, <laughs> knows what he's doing. He's got he's got brilliant f- discipline out of nowhere. Um, what what can we all learn from the gap between you as a profitable trader and Roland, who just seems to just get it as a natural? Yeah, um, I think like one of the biggest differences is is his discipline. Like you said, like he's just insanely disciplined about cutting losses. And it sounds like he's almost never had a problem with cutting losses. Um, I've I've heard he was down forty grand once. That's a, that's, a, that's another story, and I think it only happened once. But yeah, yeah, I remember that trade. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's the cutting losses, and then I mean, I don't know how he got he was able to trade listed stocks uh, profit so well so quickly. Yeah, because it's I mean, even you know I've. I've been trying like every type of pattern I could find on listed stocks for the last two years. And it's only been in the last six months. I finally found one long setup that I can trade. And um, that's like, that's it. I'm not going to really look for more long setups right now. Um, You know, I'm also, I'm also starting to short um, overextended gap downs and uh, just OTC like first red days. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I think the, it's probably discipline is the biggest, the biggest factor there. Yeah. And, and uh, my, my, uh, so, you know, I used to have a problem not only just cutting at my stop, but I would bag hold and I would, I would almost always have like one like bag hold stock, like that I'd been in, like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I finally like cut it and it feels so good. And then, you know, a couple yeah, days yeah. later, like I don't cut another one, cut another one. Um, <laughs> but then in, I think it was in the beginning of September. I took a fifteen thousand dollar loss, and I think that cured me. <laughs> so I haven't. Had it. Like the worst I'll do now is uh, back to because I like to swing trade, and if I think that something might have a chance to keep going the next morning, um, I might not cut it the day I enter. I might hold it till the next morning and still take too big of a loss, but I don't hold things for like weeks or months when they're not you know, when it's going against me now. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And to all the new traders out there, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not like saying you should do this, but it, it's amazing how good, I mean, cutting like a multi-week or multi-month bag is like the best feeling in trading. It's, it's amazing. I mean, even when you got like the big win, you're like, yeah, all right. But it's, it's amazing. Just the relief when you've got this two month old bag, every day you open your brokerage account, the number's a little redder and then just, and, but then that day you ditch it. It's just like the rest of the day, you're so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it feels so good. Cause you're just finally, you know, even if it's a big loss, it's, it's over. It's you're done. done. Yeah. It's done. yeah. I, I think the point is the point that everyone's trying to get at here is we've all mentally accepted the loss on day one or two Very and everything well after that is just uh, suffering. So there's no, there's no pain in accepting the loss and cutting the loss because you've already realized it in day one or two. You know that there's no hope. You know that it's never going to get better. It's just just about letting it go, right? It's about having the funeral. It's about having the funeral for the stock. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Hey, and and remember, I know I've been in this game for 12 years, but everybody makes mistakes, you know, and sometimes I overstay in stocks to this day, but I like that suggestion. Next time, next time I have a, a multi-day or multi-week bag, I, maybe I'll have a little funeral 
<laughs> Not that I'm trying to make the podcast about death, but it just, it just seems poignant and relevant. But uh, John, John, what uh, what are the the main three things that you would say you've learned in the last year uh, since you were last on? Um, I guess reading uh, reading SEC filings is a big one, and just trying understanding those better because that also that's helped me with bag holds. Like I now I understand why a lot of my bag holds never um, came back. It was because the companies were you know, diluting their shares. Um, the other, like, it's still like, you know, we talked last time about like focusing on one setup and it's, it's still, you know, it's for me now I'm like trying to expand out into more setups, but it's still like, you have to, you know, track your data and um, you need to have an edge. You need to be able to like verify like statistically that you have an edge with your setups. Um and then, I don't know, just cutting losses. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, it's nothing, nothing wrong with simple. Man. I like that you're laughing because you know that you're not fully over it yet. See, like, I'm trying. I'm trying. So one one question I did ask, or I, I, I had for Jackaroo, and I forgot to ask it. What, uh, you know, and, and I know this is going to be completely arbitrary and guessing, but Back to your OTC setup, because this is something I'm looking to experiment with more. I mean, I, I, OTCs, I avoid pretty much all the time. Like, how often is there, you know, a multi-day, multi-week, multi-month breakout? I mean, is there one a week, two a month? You know, just, and, and, and I, again, I'm asking you to guess, but. Yeah. And so, you know, it really depends on it. Sector momentum has a lot to do with it. So like right now in the past, like kind of since February, it's been maybe, maybe a a couple a month. Okay. Okay. Well, and that's what I was looking for because, you know, like I I interviewed him last Wednesday. We only had the one day trading Thursday. I'm running all these scans and I'm just not really finding anything, but that, that's, that, that helps me because I just need to stay diligent and keep looking. But, but go ahead. So. Yeah, and so in it was either like late January or early February when uh, SHMP made that really big run, and that kind of lit up like the really low price OTC stocks. And at that time, there were multiple breakouts a day. No, okay, for a couple weeks. And so same like when the cannabis stocks ran. Um, even I think last year, like in May or so, there was a a little bit of a run. And that was, you know, there were multiple ones a week. Um, and at the end of uh, 2017, when Bitcoin was running right. and the cannabis stocks were running, there was at least probably like four a day or something. So it's now, just real dependent on the sectors. Now, now my, and this is a, you know, I kind of know the answer, but this is more for the listeners. So, so li- Joe listener is, is like, he wants to start looking for these as well. How do you spot when these warm up? I mean, are you doing it with scans, chat rooms, Twitter, all of the above? But, you know, how do you recognize that, oh, okay, the OTCs are back in style? Um, It's a, a probably a mixture of scans and chat rooms. Um, okay. I don't – the main thing I use Twitter for is if I search for a stock 
um, it'll usually be one that I'm already in. And if everyone on Twitter is saying that it's going to the moon, I know that I need to sell it because it's going to panic the next day. <laughs> it's kind of um, like that. That's very similar to my Twitter trading strategy. I look for all I basically all I do is look for low float stocks that are up 200% that everybody's like, this is the you know, piece of junk going to zero, going to zero, short, short, short. And I'm like, oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> Yo. But Especially yeah, no. this, there's this guy called Jonk87. If he's short at like 9:15 a.m., oh baby, I, I got I got like a, I got like a fog, uh, like a red flashing light and alarms that go off in my house. Uh, honestly, I'm gonna kill myself at the minute because uh, oh. every 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 time I go short, uh, the market is just red hot on fire and everything's running to the moon on the, on day one. Then when I think I'm going to go long, like recently, like the likes of MBRX and, and uh, I had MBIO that ran pretty big. I was 100% up, but a lot of stocks are just failing right now. So it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to gauge the way the market is. It, it's kind of not yeah. really. It's like, do you have 100% runner? If you do, the market's hot. If you don't have 100% runners, it's not hot. So it's kind of not hard to gauge. I think it's just not due diligence my end. But um, what, what I wanted to ask you... Papa, Papa John, John Papa, is um, how, what presidents, are, are, are you running the multi-day breakouts? Are you strictly sticking to the multi-week, multi-months? Uh, on OTCs, it's just multi-day. Um, so it'll, multi-day. like I need to see a breaking out over like a high that was set within the last 20 days. And then ideally though, oh, if that is also lined up with like a multi-month or multi-year level, then those are generally the best. But I don't want... I don't want it to be coming up um, like day after day, coming up to like a multi-month level because those generally will fail the next day um, as people take profits. Uh, really? So you just want something out of the blue. It's popped up. It's gapped up in one day. It's above the 20-day. Well, no. So it's not just – so not something that's – if it's just been like consolidating uh, sideways, uh, that's not what I want. I want to see it – maybe it's consolidating sideways, but then it spiked up. Um, and I'm, that's when I'm going to first see it. Most of the time I'll see it on my scanner when like it spikes up the first time and then I'll just watch it every day and I'm waiting for it to go red, um, for at least like one day, have a little bit of a pullback and some consolidation. And then when it goes back, if it can go back and break out over that high, that's that's the multi-day breakout. That is literally it. I mean, it's so simple and then you've got no SEC filings. You've got no press releases that you need to read. You're not looking into the fundamentals. It's broke out, it's pulled back, it's reclaiming the breakout, you're risking off the breakout level, and uh, you made $80,000 doing that. Yeah. God and bless, then, Papa. <laughs> and then, so with, also with shorting something that, you know, I don't know, I know you've got your patterns that you use uh, for shorting, and they tend to be, if it's like that gap and crap, that tends to be like a first green day type of short. And I know, yeah. like, as I've been sh- starting to short, um, and I've been talking to like Huddy a lot about uh, shorting and he's just suggested to me to always just stick with red days for now. And so that's what I'm doing with like the overextended gap down. And it makes a lot of sense yeah. to me because like for green, for going long, like I'm always going to be buying a stock that's green. Um, I don't do good with the dip buys and especially like uh, panic yeah. dip buy if it's red because I can't uh, cut yeah. losses. Um, so I, <laughs> I buy strong stocks when they're green. And so it's the same with what I'm trying to do with shorting is, on that first red day to short it when it's yeah. red. 
Yeah, and, and I know that, you know, I do, again, Stephen and I kind of have our fun debates. You know, I knew I, I know I do a lot of short seller bashing on this podcast, but, you know, that you, you make a point as I, when I, when I am serious and not just joking around, I just don't, you know, like you said, why would you want to be shorting that, that big mover of the day when it's green on the day? It's, you know, it's, it's the first day of that move. It's just like trying to, you know, trying to buy that stock that is, you know, dropped 80% in a day. I mean, it's just like, okay. it just seems like you're fighting the trend in my opinion. Uh, okay. I'm just, I'm just going to jump in just because I feel the necessary need, but like I've, I've tracked hundreds of stocks that have gapped um, and I've measured them against volume, float, industry, catalyst, everything. And the truth is it's it, shortening a first day gap is one of the most easiest profitable strategies that you can ha- that you can uh, enforce or implement providing that you've got the discipline uh, to cut them right. when they which, don't which, fit the criteria most new traders don't, don't. <laughs> which nearly which nearly everyone doesn't especially when it's penny stocks and it's drunk and it's going higher but but I, I can pretty much promise you the likes of uh, any stock with a float above 20 million with a downward trend in chart that's up on fluff news. That's not trading more than 300, 400,000 pre-market. It is not going to run. And if it does by some chance, uh, if it does by some chance hit 200, 300,000 in the first minute and surprise everyone, then maybe it's the exception. But nine times out of 10, it will be the most profitable strategy in the market. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. Like a a lot of the times when I was, Early on when I was trying to play the listed stocks, I was trying to buy those pre-market gappers and I, I lost yeah. so much money buying them in pre-market exactly. and just flushed out of the open. Obviously the market's got to be hot, eh? The, the market, yeah. if the, if, if the market's hot, anything can go. But, uh, generally if the market's moderate to weak, then like now it's, you can short for fun. <laughs> But uh, well, yeah, uh, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say I I do need to run here shortly. Um, it's, uh, John, did you have any kind of closing thoughts? I mean, I mean, I I love to see your evolution, and you're just, I mean, you're just two years into this, right? Roughly. Yeah, next month will be two years. Yeah, I mean, and and that's something you know to the listener. I mean, I mean, John is a crazy smart dude, tracks data like crazy, takes this serious. But I mean, you know, it's like everybody has that different arc that different that different curve and and sure there's the rolling wolves that you know four months in are going crazy you know i mean i think about like tim gratani maybe maybe the best ever made no money for nine months you know he went even two three years into his career gratani spent a whole year like break even that was after he'd made a lot of money so take you know take john's journey you know Take, have that long mindset. I mean, this is something that takes time. And, you know, at some point, you know, you've made these mistakes, you've learned from them. And, and, and for some people, you know, I make that joke about burning your hand on the stove. Some people burn their hand once and they're done. Other people have to burn that hand a couple times. But, you know, stay in the game, stay diligent, track your data, keep your notes, write your journals. And as Stephen said, I mean, I think Stephen made the point of, of this podcast. If you've got the passion and you've got the, the, the willingness to build your discipline, you can be successful over time. And maybe it takes you six months, maybe it takes you six years, but I don't think there's anything more exciting, more rewarding. I mean, 
12 years in, I show up every day, fired up, ready to attack the markets. And if you can light that passion and build that discipline, that's how you get successful over time. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And that's, I think that's what I've found is that, you know, I'm still studying all day outside of work. I'm studying and all weekend, um, just as much as I was when I first started. And after like reading so many books and hearing about so many other traders journeys, like I've just recently realized that it is really a, you know, many year journey to just get like consistently profitable and like it could easily take people like three to five years or something before they're, you know, making a few enough mistakes that, you know, their count is always growing. But I think you're even like, you know, experienced traders are going to be making mistakes often. Every day. Yep. You know, it's just, Hey, because that's, that's something, you know, and and I, I talk about this a lot. I mean, it's like, I still make the same mistakes. It's just, you recognize them quicker. You know, it's like, if you, if you get in some crappy setup, you, you, you've, you've got that mental database that you're like, Whoa, I know what's going to happen. And you, you know, you bail, you cut your size, you scale, you know, you do whatever you got to do. But the biggest thing is, you've got that experience and you've got that database where you're like, where you recognize where you're like, Oh shit, I'm not doing this again. Yep. Yeah. So people, people just need to have more realistic expectations, I think. Um, and just stick with it. Peace. Perfect. Good stuff. Hi, this is Aaron, AKA double a Ron from New York city. And I like to go outside and find a stray dog. Preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a Rottweiler. Then I get real close, stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me. Then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real actual prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, Give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. Roar, 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 roar.